good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Hello, everyone. This is Deanna. Welcome back to our next episode of our podcast. Today, we are going to talk about Astronomia, Nick Rhodes and Wendy Bevan's collaboration um, that recently came out. We, let's see, today is March 28th, and this was released on March 20th. This is the first of, I believe, is it five? Uh, Four. Collect- Four collections mm-hmm. that are going to be coming out that are coinciding with the various solstices and um, things like that, that that are happening. And so this one coincided with the summer solstice, I guess. Yeah, spring, spring or summer spring. solstice. Yeah, spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spring. March. And I think it was March 21st because it's not the first day of spring. The first I day of spring is year, March 20th. And this year oh, okay, it was March 20th. March 20th. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, so then, yeah, March 20th. So we're going to just sort of talk about that and, and express our thoughts about it. I, My first thought was, well, I loved it, first of all. I, I really liked it. I, I'm, I'm into the sort of ambient, new-agey type music anyway, instrumentals, like, you know, Future Sound of London, Brian Eno, that kind of thing. There used to be a show. I don't know if it's on anymore. Maybe not because it's been years. On a local radio station on 107.1 KDSR, Sunday night, every Sunday evening, it was a show called Musical Star Streams that would come on. And I remember, I, I back in the day, this is a while back, where I would get my cassette tape and record the show because it would play nothing but ethereal, ambient, new age instrumental music. And it was so, I, I loved it. And so this sort of took me back to that. I do wish, though, it was a little longer because it clocked in at about a little over 30 minutes. So I, when I had kind of prepared and I had my AirPods on, was listening to it, just kind of laid down and was ready to experience it. The fir- After the first song, I was like, oh, wait, it was like three minutes long or something like that. And then the next song, oh, wait, it's two minutes, you know. So I wanted to hear more. I wanted, I wanted more of that song, the, each song. Well, I, but, and isn't it you know, isn't it going to have four different sections, like with each season? So when the whole work is done, it'll kind of have four movements in it. I feel like I've heard, that I've heard that that they have yeah, several sections. Yeah, and I mean that's what I was alluding to earlier that this is the first of yeah several. So maybe when they come together, when they all come together, it'll be yes. one big yeah collection that'll be connected together. So you know maybe it'll be like that. I just, I would love for it to be each one to be longer. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys uh, think? What I was think? looking at musical star streams on, uh, and specifically for KGSR just to see what was out there. And KGSR moved from 107.1 to 93.3, and the whole entire format is different, and it's gross, and yeah. I hate it. But I used to listen to KGSR all the time. There is something on YouTube called Musical Star Streams, but I don't know if it's quite the same. So it, you might want to look that up on yeah, YouTube and see if that's part of what you remember. It's interesting that you said ambient, that kind of new agey kind of stuff, because I was 
when um, the fall of Saturn was released by DD.com, I had my phone in my lap and my husband was sitting next to me and I pressed play or whatever it was. And the sound started and Ray's like, why are you listening to massage music? <laughs> so now, like yesterday, I was listening to it and I, was, I had just worked out. I did a really great like rowing um, workout and everything and I, was, I needed to cool down. So I put it on so I could like really come down from my workout and it worked. It was really awesome. Uh, I didn't get to listen to all of it, but what I get from it is I would listen to this while I was working or like trying to get deep into thought or trying to create some piece that I need to publish or something. I, I felt somewhat inspired by even just the little bit that I was able to to listen to yesterday. The other thing he said after a couple of minutes of listening to it, my husband, I mean, was that's Duran Duran. So it was immediate, pretty much, that he recognized the keyboard sound, which then just proved to me that Duran Duran is the sum of its parts. And you couldn't take Nick out of the band and still have a band called Duran Duran. You couldn't take Simon out of that band and still have a band called Duran Duran. So that's why it stayed this band for 40 some odd years now, because that sound is just built into that guy. And that's just what he does. And that's why we love him. Yeah, it was ethereal, moody. It was vast. Mm-hmm. Some of the songs had aspects of hope in them. Some of them had were a little more sadness. And others were, you know, with everything in between. And I, I really like that with this genre of music because it can sort of take you anywhere depending on your mood. And, and I think when he was talking about this, it, it was capturing all of that, especially mm-hmm. this last year and, and, and everything. So it just sort of takes you on this journey and on this sonic ride, which, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. When you're talking about it taking you somewhere, I mean, I know that it's kind of an outer space theme, but it made me think of Antarctica. I've, you know, I've been to Antarctica and I, as I was hearing it, I was visualizing Antarctica or Glacier Bay, like just a lot of ice and a lot of just beauty. And so that's what it made me. That's where it took me. And in my travels, a lot of times I'll make a playlist and whatnot. And for sure, I probably would have put that on my playlist. And it may have been when I went to Glacier Bay and the last guy was listening to Hotel by Moby. So it was definitely kind of not the same, but you know, a, a similar kind of vein of music, but that's what it reminded me of. It was beautiful, though. I think it's so funny interesting that, that. Go, Steph. No, I was just thinking when she she mentioned um, Antarctica. Um, yeah. The first thing that I thought of when I heard the Great Attractor, which was the first track that they released, and it's probably my favorite track. I thought it was an excellent introduction to Astronomia. At the one ten part, there's this part that kicks in, and it reminds me of Lady Ice from Arcadia. And so I was like, "Oh my God! Like this could have been on uh, this piece. Could have been maybe an intro to Lady Ice. Like." I don't even know, maybe before the intro to, to yeah. the start of Lady Ice, but there's just parts in that song that reminded me of that. And immediately I was, I was like, just like Dee's point, I was like, I want more of this 
eight last three myths. And there's several songs on um, this volume one that I wish were longer because I, I want to hear where it could have gone. So maybe in the other, uh, other two to four volumes, um, we'll get to hear uh, more of an expansion of this, or is it going to sound a lot differently? That's what I'm curious about. Components. Yeah. I'm curious if it's going to be very distinct between the different volumes, or if it's going to kind of build upon one another. So I guess we'll see when we get to the summer solstice. That's our next one. I imagine those will be more spicy. And usually music in this genre, they tend to be longer. They're like six, seven, eight minute Mm -hmm. long compositions. So I I was surprised that this wasn't like that. And I, I I understand it's the first part. So all together, you could probably listen to it. From beginning to to end, all through throughout all the volumes, and of course that collection, it will add up to. Um, but I was still I was still surprised, and it's funny talking about hearing hints of songs in the changing aspects of the rings. I heard at the beginning, I could hear a little bit of new religion, mm-hmm. like the chords. It was like a high. It was a higher um, higher octave. But I heard a little hint of just that chord kind of there. And I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. Oh my God, Z. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I heard in that song? You know what I heard in that song? I heard Night Boat. Really? I heard heard a little bit of Night Boat in the same song that you just mentioned. I wrote a note on, on here and it kind of had, (laughs) that's so interesting. I heard (laughs) Night Boat in Veiled Apparition. I wrote that one down. I can definitely get a hint, excuse me, of Nightboat and Bailed that person. Do we think Nick put these in as Easter eggs for the Duran fans? No. Or do we think no, it's no, just no, in no. his psyche somewhere? No, Not at all. I think, it, I think it's what he's made of. It's what he's made of. Yeah. I wrote down Seventh Stranger, Lady Ice, Nightboat, and the beginning of Rio in just the little, like, three or four songs that I actually got to hear. So, I don't know. Maybe it's built into me, too, and I was very intently listening for that but those things really hit me so I like that you guys recognize that too I also think it's funny that I said cool down because I listened to it when I was cooling down Suzanne talked about ice and glaciers and Stephanie heard lady ice I mean there is something not I would think that would be like the winter like the the winter equinox instead of like the spring (laughs) cold maybe maybe the ice is melting spring yeah maybe yeah. that's what it is but, well you know and you, you know we're talking about like how you wish it went longer it could be that we're having to listen to it on spotify or youtube or it, and tracks are separate so if it comes out like on vinyl or i i don't even know if there's a Hold cd on. if if you could listen to it in its entirety without like the streaming breaks i'm yeah. wondering if it if it feels a little longer and more connected did Apple Music like just play them back to back or did it have did it pause in between? Yeah, Apple Music never pauses, so it okay. just played the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. And so. you can buy all of I mean you can buy the record, the C D, the MP threes, whatever, um, for nine ninety nine on Apple. The longest song is four seven, four minutes and seven seconds. So out of thirteen songs, if four minutes and seven seconds is the longest, thirty-five minutes seems about right. The thing I also thought about was, wouldn't it be interesting? And I know he's done a little bit of a little delved into it a little bit with like more uh, 
low budget type productions, but doing soundtracks, you know, movie soundtrack a la, oh my gosh, I just had a brain fart. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross oh, doing some yeah. stuff like that, but in a very different way. Didn't, you know, didn't I mean? he do the music for a film that Tatiana did? I feel like yeah, that happened did. at some point. He did. And it yeah. was like a short film or something. Mm-hmm. It was a short and film. And hers are mostly spooky, dark yeah. Yeah. things. So yeah. yeah, it was one of those. I think it's like the relationship he created or has with David Lynch and the movies that David Lynch makes, some of this music would be fantastic it in would. a David Lynch movie. It would. It would. I, I think that would be the only place it could live because he couldn't. I can't see him doing or- orchestrations for some giant blockbuster. That just doesn't seem like his. Oh, no. He would well, use blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even think about it that way either. I was thinking mm-hmm. more of, like what you're saying, Jody, Lynch or, you know, some of these the, the other. Carrots um, and or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I or a documentary was, about Antarctica. <laughs> National Geographic. There you go. Because oh, I could oh, hear, yeah. like in some of it, I could hear, I could picture a film and a scene or something where it's just adding to the mood and, and all of that. I, I would agree with you, cool. Dee. That's what I was thinking as well. And isn't it okay? It's strange because some of it, it kind of reminded me, and maybe because I saw it a few months back, so it's a little bit more fresh. And Brian Ferry is connected to that. But when um, I can hear some of that, and I kind of thought of Legend, yeah. um, the movie yeah. from back in the 80s, because I love um, Brian Ferry's contribution, Is Your Love Strong Enough? I love, love, love that song. Yeah. And that kind of had that Brian Ferry, Brian Eno, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. kind of sound and vibe to it. So I absolutely agree. Some some kind of documentary or, you know, short film or, you know, directors, maybe not even Americans, you know, foreign directors mm-hmm. and projects and people that we aren't necessarily uh, familiar with, Italian directors, just, yeah. you know, things like that Art Nick House. likes. <laughs> I, pre- I prefer Labyrinth to Legend and The Magic Baby with <laughs> so we have something else that we wanted to chat about today there's a there's a special anniversary that just happened i feel like there were two and we might have missed big thing did we miss big thing did we talk about big thing i don't remember it was a big thing anniversary recently or am i i was thinking all you need is now but maybe yeah. there was a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know we're going to talk about all we need now, but I, I was serious about, okay, we got to talk about big things too. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Y'all start talking. I'm going to look it up. Well, I love yes, all you This need week now. was the 10 year. <laughs> At ten year anniversary of All You Need Is Now, and it doesn't even seem like it was ten years ago. And I have such vivid memories of that of that tour time. And for me, and well, for all of us, with the exception, I think of of you, Suzanne, you weren't there at the South by Southwest gig, but that was kind of the start of it. Right when it hit, they played South by Southwest, and that event was fantastic. So I wasn't at the actual concert, but I did go to their discussion the next day at the Austin Convention Center. I'm sure there's a podcast earlier in our production where I talk about when I got to see them at South by, which was awesome. Um, yeah. The A-word. The A-word. Sorry. A-word. I can say it. I'm not going to say it to Nick. Okay, which was 
super fabulous. There, I'll, I'll change. I'll change my my adjective so it doesn't offend. And I did get my first picture with with some Mr. Lebron. That was very monumental. And he was so excited. He was so excited that people wanted to like say hello and get autographs and take his picture. Because I tell y'all, at South by, there's a million people running around. And I saw Dave Grohl like the hour before. I'm like, that guy looks like Dave Grohl. I'm like, that guy is Dave Grohl. You know, one of those things. So, yeah. Don't say that. Don't sorry, don't sorry, Jody. <laughs> He was in the lobby of the convention center. I almost ran into him trying to find Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. You know, that was I a monumental think, time, too, for me. That was, was, that was the first time I met them at mm-hmm. South by after the show. I remember yeah. meeting John. I just wanted to cry for you. You were so excited. Well, I didn't get to meet John that night because he was, oh, he was sick. He was sick you, were, yeah. you were so close. That's I was so close. And I thought, okay, well, the universe isn't ready yet. The universe isn't ready. It'll happen. It'll happen. But I remember I, I was just so beside myself. But I, I will just say this one moment, speaking of Nick, when I took my picture with Nick, I just I put my arm around him. And I just remember, like, just doing it like it felt it felt like it was so slow it just felt like slow motion and I was like oh my god I'm touching Nick Rhodes I'm gonna put my arm around Nick Rhodes and I was smiling really big and I you know it it was just I don't know it was just so funny because I just thought it was my 13 year old self I was just standing there taking a picture with Nick taking a picture with Roger taking a picture with Simon and Simon was so sweet and so funny and so awesome but it worked out so so and, and the one thing I remember about that is that 10 years ago we actually didn't call selfies selfies because I had my camera and I was trying to hold my arm out and take a picture of me and Simon walking and I posted it later on Facebook and said look at my arm out photo or something I didn't call it a selfie and then his assistant was like I'll take your picture so she took a proper picture but it was weird to me that I was trying to like describe a selfie when 10 years ago there wasn't such a thing as a selfie which is so bizarre well other than that it's an amazing album and there's so many songs on it that I love what are y'all's favorite songs on it I'm gonna let you guys it's probably gonna be (laughs) which is strange to me to make it like Rio part two and he was very intentional about that because he was such a fan he's been such a fan I mean I love all you need is now I love don't hate me because I'm beautiful I love the band too bad you're so beautiful wait that one rewind rewind Leopard. It was like 
it was he specifically asked him to fill that spot and Mark knew that he when he needed that for that record and that's where that came from. So that was super fun. And then I was it DD forty or was it the another interview when they talked about that they got the name because someone was updating their iPhone with the leopard operating system or mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, I like that. Leopard. The man who stole a leopard. <laughs> totally yeah, that's something something Nick said in the T yeah. interview. I think. Yeah. I love Safe and I love Girl Panic. But Safe I, I love really like I love the video to Girl Panic. So. I wanted to like the video more, but I just it didn't maybe I need to see it again, but when I saw it it just didn't quite hit the mark for me. And I was obsessed with the supermodels mm-hmm. from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Have so, you watched the extended version and the shorter version? Or yeah, I did. One or the other. You did it watch just both. Felt, it felt a little forced to me. Oh, it's a tiny so bit forced. I but it's just so much fun. Like it. I didn't like I it. I loved much. Roger in the elevator with Cindy and Yasmin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part cracks me up every mm-hmm. single time. So, But say I, I love the feel of, of safe. I love, it's a fun and song and it's, it's got the like the, the interlude part where it just feels like big city and I don't know it's a good driving song too. Yeah, I like the rhythm to that one. The rhythm of it, yeah. It, yeah, really, really great. Stephanie, what you thinking? I'm thinking it depends on the day as to which which song is my favorite. And I've been since I knew we were going to talk about it this week. I've kind of been listening into it off and on this week, and I honestly hadn't listened to that album in a while, but I love it. You know, I'm thankful to Mark Ronson for his direction on that album. And I mean, just everything connected with that album is just such great memories. You know, we were just talking about South by Southwest. And then, you know, a month later, I went to San Francisco to see them at, at the Fillmore. And then there was a, you know, there was a, it was record store day and they did a, a signing at Rasputin Records that, that earlier in that day. It was John and Roger. Um, I mean, it was just a, such a great time. Um, and later on in the year, I uh, went to go see them in Dallas and went to go see them in Vegas um, and met, you know, some friends um, that are still friends to this day. So I just, I have good memories associated with that album. And I, I'm kind of surprised that, that that album doesn't get us, get more love, especially live. Like, they really aren't playing a lot of songs from that in that album on tours lately. And I don't, no, I don't understand no. why that is. And do you remember yeah. when we chatted with Bart? And it's like his one of his favorite albums, and they actually do a few of the songs. So Wild Boys, the tribute and Duran Duran tribute in Dallas. So they do a few of the songs, and Bart loves "All You Need Is Now" like as much as he the early that stuff. Album. He'll argue with me for days that, that <laughs> he thinks that I should think that's the best album ever because he thinks it's the best album ever. <laughs> well, y'all can okay. agree to disagree. There you go. So I have some. I don't know where this is coming from, but I have some serious feelings about this record. One is the comparison to or the follow up to Rio really clouded my how I was supposed to hear this record. So you tell me that it's going to be the follow up to Rio and it is not. In fact, I listened to it again and I really struggled to find many similarities. Now, I don't know that there's supposed to be similarities, but when it's a follow up to Rio in my literal brain, that's what I thought. So I already went into it with this kind of, that's not what they said it was going to be. And I, I feel like I can't like it like I should. I can't appreciate it like I should because I have that. It's compared to this monstrous classic can never be beat record <laughs> at, that they were trying to live up to. So then there's also that trying to live up to 
their best ever record, whether it was the best selling or not. It's the classic, the one that everybody knows. So you can't follow up. All you need is now that's so super produced with or to Rio that is possibly produced, but it's sim- simple and organic and authentic where I love Mark Ronson, but he he put too much energy into making it the follow-up to Rio, I think. To answer your question, Stephanie, or to your point about why they don't give this much love live, I think it's because the best it charted was number 11 in the UK. So, and as I think I read somewhere that it's up to this date has only sold 76,000 copies. So as we know, and we've talked about set lists a hundred times on this podcast, they're not going to place something in the set list that people are going to go to the bathroom uh, and not listen to or something besides one of the new songs that people aren't going to respond to. So I think that's why they know that it wasn't the success they thought it would be. And they uh, don't, don't acknowledge it even much anymore. The other thing, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember in 2011, Simon thought his career was over because his voice, um, his throat, he had uh, some kind of uh, medical issue that he was terrified that he was going to not ever be able to sing again. And I remember, is it really? Yep. Okay, because... I mean, they are obviously okay now, and I know he went through multiple therapies and all kinds of things, but I remember telling Dana when this record came out, it may have been the day that we were driving to Dallas to see them play the Super Bowl party. I was like, he is singing and stretching his voice at such a register that it's impossible for him to hit. So it's almost like he's trying too hard to reach this this part of like like his voice that he was stretching so hard. I think, to my unprofessional opinion, that he damaged himself by trying to sing these parts so high because this was recorded between February and August of 2010, and they started canceling shows in the middle part of 2011, and he was um, dealing with all the stuff towards the middle and end of 2011. So there's some there's positive things like I would have never gone to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party unless to see Zorindran and it just so happened to be in Dallas and I was invited to go there was South by Southwest and my favorite band of all time spent a week in my town and I got to see them on multiple occasions around my town so super many great memories around that but there is so much about the music that I cannot get behind and I um, I think it's just that cloud of comparing it to Rio you I can't have an compare opinion. this to Rio I have an opinion about that Rio thing yes which yes. I actually forgot about I think that was just hype I don't know that that was actually that they were literally trying to you know what I mean and I think that was just yeah part of the promotional hype behind the album because okay and and I think that was a mistake frankly mm-hmm. to even say anything in the realm in in the vicinity of rio about any album is a mistake you don't you don't do that you you just don't do that so i think that that in some ways harmed some things uh and i i think i mean you have a good point jody but i think that was just part of some hype because and and when you were talking suzanne about they needed a chauffeur and it was the man who stole a leopard 
I mean, my response to that is like, that's not, there's no compare, there's no, and I think it was, it's not a literal thing, right? But it's, it's, I think it's more of like this similar vein where it's like kind of moody, instrumental-ish, whatever. But it's, it's, there's, it's not even in the radar of the show, like, it's not even a, a, a 2010, 2011 version of the chauffeur. It just, but that's, that's but not that even. In DD40, that is what Nick says about that song. So it was part of that. It's part of his intro to that song. And mm-hmm. I feel like the Rio comparison came from Mark Ronson as a fan and his reaction wanting a continuation to Rio. So I feel like I don't know that I don't even think the band was was putting it together that way. I feel like that was the point of view Mark Ronson was bringing. You know, and I mean, Seven the Ragged Tiger was very different than Rio. And so in that sense, and, and we love, we love Seven and the Ragged Tiger. So that's not the issue there. I mean, we love it all. But at the same time, I feel like it was a fan loving something and then wanting to put his stamp on it in a similar vein, you know, and I, and I don't know how much it was hyped, but I, we're talking about it because I heard it about on DD40 because Nick mentioned that. I would love to see A Man Who Sold a Leopard show up again just because it is such a beautiful song. And when you see it live, like a diamond on the mine, a diamond of the mine, they had so many like musicians up there doing it. I saw they had Simon Wilcroft on keys with Nick. Like it's, it's such a lush song that I would find it very interesting to, to see that again. And Jody, you know, you're talking about like the songs being so high. I mean, you know, a view to a kill to me is the one that really hurts someone's place. And I still don't know why they won't bring it down a key or two, because I don't think any of us would care if they brought it down a key or two. So he wasn't straining so much on that, but it was, that was one of their only, well, that was one of their only number ones. Right. So they kind of, I feel like they feel obligated that they have to, to do that one. I don't know. My and, opinion is this. All you need is now is mostly a view to a kill. Like that. Yeah. If, if you listen to it again, he's real yeah. high. He's real high. And I feel like a lot of these albums that came out in the 2000s, we may get a song or two peppered in from these, but unless they're touring the new albums, we're never going to get the whole thing again. But there are some nuggets on there. I think people would, at least Duran fans that are familiar with the music, would, would love to hear again. So I don't well, know if they're obligated to do A View to a Kill or any other. It's their choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to bring it up again. The Cure, they don't that's out the window. They just, they mm-hmm. pick and choose whatever they want to play and the fans appreciate it. They mm-hmm. even, the B sides for obscure stuff. Oh, I, I hear fans you. who will. And I love that. Recognize love that, it and appreciate it. We don't, know, we so don't think that they, they would don't actually have to. do that. We don't feel like they would do that. Well, they clearly don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, and I do you think know, there I is, but we know that. <laughs> We've had this discussion, so you know what I mean. We've had this discussion because you know that I at Love Me Since the Cure Live, and it's three hours of a yep. mixed up set list every single night. Every and this don't is coming from someone who saw it. Don't torture us, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> That's our dream. We don't think our dream people. would ever happen. <laughs> I know. I know. So, do y'all have so anything to come again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do y'all have anything to kind of wrap up? This yeah, let me let me tell you a couple of other things that I did not know, and I am very happy to have found. Um, number one, there was an album released and then re-released within months of each other. The first one is the short one, and all of those songs were um, produced by Mark. And they added Mediterranean, Too Bad You're So Beautiful, Other People's Lives, and a couple of other things. 
that we I have like to Mediterranean. Do by someone else. I forgot I like that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, those were all produced by somebody else. So it's actually almost two full records in one with two different producers. There is a song that I had not heard until I was looking this up called the Lo- This Lost Weekend. And if you've not heard it, go to YouTube and look for This Lost Weekend that is on the um, extended version of All You Need Is Now. Nick has described it as R&B sounding, and I picked up, like, from the demos of Astronaut, there's a song called Lonely Business, and it's very kind of swanky, smooth, real kind of, it is kind of R&B-ish, but I like that Velvet Underground kind of beginning into a Motown-y kind of feeling. So look for this lost weekend. And then there was Early Summer Nerves and Too Close to the Sun were other, the two others that were on extended versions, either international like Japanese releases or um, just the long version. And Early Summer Nerves is funky 70s, I wrote, and there's a lot of theremin, like Nick's playing the keyboard. And then Too Close to the Sun, I wrote Nick and Roger, because there's a lot of electronic drums and a lot of Nick again. And then I wrote very Duran Duran, so it sounds like old Duran Duran. But I love that there are so many songs on this record that I didn't even know. I didn't even know until this week. So, and we we, we all we all want it on vinyl because apparently they only made like a hundred records of it, and only like hundred people have it on vinyl. So, I found one copy. I found one copy with the um, I think it's five discs, and it's got yeah. all of these songs on it. And it's eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, fun times. Let's reissue yeah. that, guys, for record yeah. store today. That's an idea. But I would pay fifty for a two record set. So I, I think that would be a great record store day release yeah. to say. That and the wedding album. Let's get that on vinyl again. Oh my gosh. Album. Yes, please. Because I can't find one of those for under five hundred right now either. But yeah, any other, I think, any um, other parting words? I think that was um my my research. Oh, it's the best buy version of it that has a DVD. Did you guys get the DVD one? I have I a I, I Yeah, I think I have it. I, I, yeah, I think I feel like I have that. I think I do too. I need to look. Back, back, <laughs> yeah, to go Best Buy. Back on Best Buy, did special editions. Have y'all been yep. to a Best Buy in the past like five years? I went the other day. There's nothing there, barely. Like Amazon has practically killed Best Buy. Just saying. Well, thanks, y'all. It was fun catching up. And everybody go out and listen to All You Need Is Now just to celebrate the 10 year anniversary. I cannot believe that's a decade old. That's just, that's crazy town. Yeah. And, and happy anniversary. Yeah. And we're hearing rumors the single should be out in April. Fingers crossed. We're it hearing that true. in the Duraniverse. A single. Well, and not, today not is March album. 28th. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and drop that. <laughs> April Fool's Day. Do it on April 1st. No. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and you can even find us if you ask Alexa. Make sure to also follow our Instagram page, too. See you again real soon.